Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Financially Speaking. I am your guest host, Karen Cook. On today's show, we will be discussing how your elected officials affect your finances. You might be saying, what the heck are you talking about? Believe it or not, these people we vote in, we're voting in our own finances. So whatever they do, it's going to affect us. Did you know that your elected officials affect your bottom line? So it's important to know who your elected officials are and what their roles are because they are in direct connection with your finances. So whoever you choose to vote in or choose not to vote, those people are going to be elected in and they're going to control our finances at the most basic level. So politics is important because it determines what governance means. Far beyond the role of government at any level, Politics determines how we manage our own world and the world around us. Political decisions affect your daily lives in two major important ways. They decide how much money your state or province will take from people in the form of taxes to spend on public projects such as health care, education, or defense. So political decisions also make the laws that affect your lives. It's very important to care about politics because you should know what's going on around you, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your ward, in your city, in your county, in your town. doesn't matter how big of an area you live in, rural, urban, doesn't matter. Big out in the country. I'm in the county. My neighbor's a field. I have a few neighbors, but it's important that I know what's going on. So one reason you should care about politics is because you should always know what's going on around you, like I mentioned. So if a new law is made in your area, you might want to make sure that you and the people around you know that there is a new law so that we don't break that law even with knowing it. Also, if something dangerous is happening around you or someone you know, you want to be aware if someone is breaking the law. So it's important to know what is happening around you. Another reason you should care about politics is because you should have a say in what will happen. Everyone should have a say in what will happen because we all live side by side with each other. And it wouldn't be fair if someone was left out. Also, each vote makes a difference in the ways that we live. It's always important to share your opinion. So the way you vote will affect many people and many lives in every way, every day. And finally, you should care about politics because the decisions people make will affect many lives. So if someone wanted to build on their land, it might be good for the people who worked in the area, but residents who lived nearby and loved the land and relied on the land for food or for water actually might be devastated. Sometimes things that sound like a good idea might be very devastating later. So let's look at some reasons why you need to get out there and vote. Voting is a privilege of our democracy that people in other parts of the world would love to have. 
Voting is a privilege of our democracy that our parents and grandparents fought and died to preserve. World War I, World War II, Korean War, Gulf War, it goes on and on and on. Another reason, this is your chance to influence the government that affects you. We also need intelligent people voting. We are all intelligent people. We need to get our voices heard. We'll go out and make an intelligent vote. If the wrong people are elected, they might spend your money unwisely. The wrong people elected might represent you and your municipality in a way that you do not want to be represented. Voter turnout in Canada alone is low. The municipal elections are the lowest. For example, in 2004 in Calgary, the election voter turnout was only 18% of the population. 18% out of 100 made the decision of who would be in charge. So if you didn't like it and you didn't vote, you didn't have a say, well, what do we do about that? We go vote. So don't let a few voters decide the fate of your municipality. If you have been embarrassed by your elected officials, vote for a change. If you think your elected officials could do a better job, send a message with your vote and vote. If you want to set an example for future generations, demonstrate that democracy is good, go vote. And there's probably a hundred other reasons to vote. But hopefully the ones that I mentioned will make you think and make you want to be involved, make you want to learn what's going on out there, who these people are, and then we can go out and make our vote. Understand the issues in your municipality. Understand what the candidates offer. Vote with your head and be a part of the democratic process. And you might say, you know what, I'm going to turn this off. I don't care. I know what you're thinking. I kind of used to be the same way. Why vote? What this doesn't make? Is anybody going to do anything? I knew somebody who started out in the uh, municipality, worked his way through uh, House of Commons, worked his way up in government in Ottawa. And I'm going to tell you, he was a great, he's a great guy. So one person can make a difference. And he did his best. So it's always best to learn and to be involved because here's another little tidbit it's all about money right it comes down to our money the laws that govern us what are the rules what are the issues land development taxes building roads health care education right those are big issues and these people are the ones that are going to be voting and making laws on these issues and they're not doing it for free they're being elected into government positions to represent you. So for instance, let's look at just the municipal level. Councillors. And right now, voters across Ontario are electing their municipal governments. Across Ontario, there will be 2,800 council members plus 700 school board trustees elected within this month going into November for two of our provinces. And these people have a huge impact on all of us. Counselors make between 26000 and 40000 a year, which really, if you are working a full-time job, part-time to full-time job, you're probably making that, right? With minimum wage being around $15 an hour here in Canada, guys, in the United States. I know you're a little bit more, but I think our minimum wage is just around $15 here in Ontario anyway. 
So if you're making $15 or working full-time, you're probably bringing home to the lower end of what a counselor would make. But you're not making laws. You're not upholding the law. You're not being paid to represent people who are going to come to you and make you accountable for their section, their war, their area. So this is important. This is their job. They're representing you. And some of their responsibilities include water, sewage, waste collection. I don't know about you, but all these affect me. Transit, land use planning, libraries are involved, emergency services, your ambulance, your fire police. This is important. Animal control. I'm an animal lover. I'm all helping the animals. But yes, we need rules. And economic development, very important going ahead in the future. And again, important for the bottom line. So this stuff here affects all of us. It affects every single one of us somehow. So we need to get out there. We need to get out there and we need to vote and we need to make sure that the people are representing us in the right way. If you don't like what your mayors, councils, and deputy councils are doing, then you can vote for a change. If you think your elected representatives are doing a great job, you still need to vote because someone else might not like what they're doing and vote against them. And then where are you going to be? Oh, gosh, I hate to lose that person, right? So it's important that we vote. And because this municipal level voting is happening right now for the councils, I just want to give you a little bit of a background of what the role responsibilities of these officials are. And by all means, go to a search engine, look up your own municipality, especially for my Ontario, Canada view listeners today. That election is happening right now. People are voting all across Ontario right now and have been for this past week because the vote is coming in on October 22nd and those officials are going to be elected in whether we want this to happen or not. And you might not want somebody, and I'll tell you, you don't want 18% of your population voting in who's going to represent us. Have a voice. Let your voice be heard. So the council is a governing body of the municipal corporation and the custodian of its powers, both legislative and administrative. So their job is to work with other council members to set overall direction of the municipality through their role as a policymaker. The policies that council sets for the guidelines for administration to follow as it does the job of running a municipality. So a councillor spends a lot of time creating new policies and programs or reviewing the current ones to make sure they're working as they should. So aldermen or councillors, depending on where you live, city, county, they might be called aldermen, councillors, uh, they act as the legislative branch of the city or county's government as well as policy-making bodies. So they look out for goals, major projects, infrastructure improvements, ranging from community growth to land use to finances and strategic planning. Boom, I know, blowing your mind here. This all affects us. This affects my money, so it certainly affects yours. They represent our ward or division and all of the people who live in it. And they're a bridge between you and the council. Okay, so the community leadership is at the heart of modern local government. Councils work in partnership with communities and organizations, including the public, voluntary, community, and private sectors to develop a vision for the local area. 
working collaboratively to improve services and quality of life for citizens. All of this affects us. And people are going to be elected by us. And they're going to represent us. So you want to represent you in the best possible way. So they consider the welfare and interests of the municipality. They bring attention to council anything that would promote the welfare or interests of the municipality. They develop, evaluate policies and programs. There's council meetings, and some are open. You can go to them. You can learn. That's the best way. Be there. Be present. There's something different about being involved or reading it online. First-hand information is fantastic. So they represent us. The operation of administration. right? They, and they keep in confidence matters discussed in private at a council committee meeting until discussed at a meeting held in public. And they perform any other duty or function that will be given to them being in the council. So once they're council, they represent all of us for, well, four years is the council that's happening right now. So for four years, we have them. So even if are not sure, and we might have voted for somebody we thought aligned with our values, and maybe they do, maybe they don't, you can learn. You have four years to think, wow, you know what, I like them, or I don't, or I need to change this, or I won't. So you can certainly be involved, right? And of course, once we have this, the, we end up having other individuals who help rep represent us in other ways. For example, the chief elected official, CEO. They are a council, but they preside over the meetings. So they're the main spokesperson. They, uh, their roles include consensus seeker amongst members of council, liaison with senior staff, advisor to council, key representative with regard to ceremonial responsibilities, liaison with other levels of government, so we're moving up here. And of course, advice with regard to policy development. So at this moment, let's go into our first break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about different, air, uh, different council members, what they do, and how it affects our bottom line. So we're going, think, huh, we are going to go into our first break of the show. You are listening to Financially Speaking with Karen Cook on the Inspired Choices Network. We will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. 
Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am Karen Cook, and today we are talking about how your elected officials affect your finances. So before we went to break, we were talking about the council and how there are additional jobs once the council becomes into play. So we talked about the CEO. Let's talk about the CAO, the Chief Administrative Officer. So the CAO is the head of the municipality. So some of their responsibilities include ensuring that the policies and programs are implemented, advising and informing the council on the operation of the municipality, and ensuring appropriate staffing is in place. So the mayor, so if you're voting for your mayor, right, which is happening right now, the mayors are before, whether it's city or county. In the county, there's also a deputy mayor. There's the aldermen or council persons, which are going to sit at the table along with mayor and or the deputy mayor. So the mayors enforce all the laws of the city or county. They sign all commissions, licenses, and permits granted by legislative authority, as well as other instruments that require their signature under the law. The council is the elected legislative body with the authority to pass municipal ordinances and budgets, make appropriations, and even set local tax rates in many cases. Taxes! I know most of us pay taxes. Some may be lucky in some of the states in, in, in North America. I think there's still a few that don't have state taxes. I might be wrong. Uh, but um, we all have taxes in Canada here. And they range a different variety. We're going to talk about taxation in Canada and the United States right after this. But that's very important because that's definitely your bottom line. The more tax you pay, the more comes out of your pocket. Right. So your mayor's make anywhere between fifty to $100,000 a year, and it could be more than that, right? Your bigger municipalities, bigger metropolises might make more than that. So these people, you're electing, you're electing and they're going to work for you, right? Your tax-paying money is going to pay this. Uh, I mean, let's work our way up. In Canada, MPs, members of parliament, make about $165,000 a year. So you want to vote for the right person. You don't want to vote for the person that because everybody else might be voting for them or their family or somebody told me they'd be okay because then you end up with the wrong person in that role. And it happens. It happens. Right. Prime Minister, our Prime Minister in Canada, Mr. Trudeau, is making around 500000 a year, half a million dollars a year. And we helped elect him in. So let's hope he's doing what he said he was going to do. Let's hope we're happy about that. And if not, we don't have to vote him in next time around. But again, you want to look at who you're voting in if it's not going to be him. And if it is him, he's doing a good job. You like him, then you want to vote him in. Let's look at President Trump. President Trump is making close to that $450,000, which is probably a little bit more with the exchange rate. But uh, he was voted in. 
I think it was close, wasn't it? I think just a little more than half of the Americans liked him. But that's fine. He's in. And when you think about it, it's a lot of money they're making to represent you. So if that person is doing what they said, you're happy with that, you want them there. If not in four years, if he runs again, you like him good. If you don't, we can listen to another candidate, right? So you want to make sure that you have a say in this because that's a lot of money out there. And you know where that money comes from, right? comes from you. It's all taxpayers' money. So we definitely want to have our say. So let's talk about taxation in Canada because this is a direct result of the people we elect. All those government officials, this is where it comes down to. It comes down to my money and your money. So taxation in Canada is shared between the federal government and various provincial and territory legislatures. So under the Constitution Act of 1867, taxation powers are vested in the Parliament of Canada. So provincial legislators have authorized municipal councils to levy specific types of direct tax, such as property tax. Well, I own a house. I pay property tax. And I know that I'm paying some high taxes here. We have a pretty high tax rate in Ontario. So that's always on the forefront of any conversation. Everybody wants to talk about taxes and how we can lower it. Uh, and doesn't matter where you live. North America is North America. We're all paying taxes. In Canada, the federal, provincial, and municipal governments collect money from individuals and companies to help pay for government programs and services. And this money can go to roads, public utilities, schools, health care, economic development, cultural activities. So we want to make sure that we know what is going on in our community, where our money is going, what you're paying for. Because common types of taxes, there's a ton of them. There's income tax, there's sales tax, property taxes. And if you're a business owner, you know where I'm going. Business taxes, ah, right? In Ontario, we have what's called the HST, the Harmonized Sales Tax. And that's added to everything at the cash register. Yeah, there's some exceptions. And ours is 13%. 8% of that goes to the provincial government. So each province or territory's government. 5% goes to the federal government. The federal government controls the whole country, right? So there's the federal government as a whole, and then there's each province or territory that has their own government. So the money, our tax-paying money is going there. So you do pay HST on most of your stuff, uh, but there are some exceptions. There are some food products you don't pay. There's some child care services, prescription medication, and, of course, individuals and families with low or modest incomes might be eligible for HST credit. But still in all, you're paying tax. In the United States, as far as taxation goes, the U.S. has separate federal and local governments with taxes imposed at each of these levels. So taxes are levied on income, payroll, property, sales, capital gains, dividends, imports, estates and gifts, and as well as many other various fees. So taxes are imposed on net income of all of you people listening to me and all the corporations by the federal, most state, and some local governments. So residents are taxed on worldwide income and allowed a credit for foreign taxes. Income subject to tax is determined under tax accounting rules. Right? So most business expenses reduce tax income. The limits may apply. So if you have a business, you're going to be paying some taxes. Who sets those taxes? Our elected officials. How do those elected officials get in? You vote them in. You vote them in. All right, so this is why it's important. So 
we definitely want to know what's going on. Who are the candidates? How can I help? Uh, so it's important that we understand why we need to vote. Taxes are huge. Some states, like I said, might have no taxes, but it ranges up to 16%. That's higher than what I pay. My gosh, I thought I was paying a lot at 13%. But sometimes they can jump right up. And that's ad- that, That's your money. That's your money that you're paying in taxes. And it's going to all these programs. So you kind of want to have a say. You want to know where your money's going. You want to know what you can do. Uh, big topic right now in North America. Some of you are going, oh, God, let's not get into that. It's not a bashing radio show. I'm not going to do that. But it's NAFTA. It doesn't matter whether you're in Canada, United States, or Mexico. NAFTA affects all three of these countries. NAFTA stands for North American Free Trade Agreement. North America, we're all North America. Came into effect in 1994, creating one of the world's largest free trade zones and laying the foundations for strong economic growth and the rising prosperity for Canada, the U.S., and Mexico. As with anything, there are advantages and disadvantages, but let me talk to you about some of the advantages of NAFTA. First, it quadrupled trade between Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. The agreement eliminated tariffs. Trade between the three countries increased to, oh, get ready for it, $1.14 trillion in 2015. That's a lot of money generated for these countries. And again, comes back to our bottom line. The second advantage, greater trade increased economic output. The three industries that benefited the most from increased exports were agriculture, automotive, and services such as healthcare and financial services. They're huge. Those are huge fields. The third one, stronger growth created jobs. In NAFTA's first four years, manufacturers created 800,000 jobs. Now, tell me, that doesn't affect your bottom line. Maybe some of you listening say, hey, yep, that's right, I'm one of those. I'm one of those people that got a job. There you go. It affects our income. The fourth one, direct investment, more than tripled. Okay, fantastic. Fifth, NAFTA lowered prices. Oil imports from Mexico cost less because NAFTA got rid of the tariffs. And if you're thinking, what do I care about oil? Oh, you care every time you go to a gas station and put gas in your car because this is all related. So even if you don't know anything about NAFTA, you're feeling the effects of the gas pump. So and the last reason... That's an advantage for NAFTA is the agreement helped with government spending. Each nation's government contracts became available to suppliers in all three member countries. That increased competition and lowered costs. So that kind of gives you a good idea of what the benefits are. And yes, there are disadvantages. And yes, I could go into the negatives. But there's always going to be negatives. And we look to try and help those, change those, guide us through those. But the advantages are huge when it comes to our bottom line. Right, that all affect that affects your livelihood. That affects what you pay, where you pay it, how you pay it. It might affect whether or not you have a car. I used to be able to fill my vehicle up for no more than sixty dollars. I filled it up today at one sixteen because I refused to pay one twenty three the other day. So I waited, fumed into the gas station, and I thought, Oh crap. I remember when it was one thirteen after I filled up at one twenty one. So I was angry. But 
I filled it up at 116 and I filled up my little gas can, you know, for my lawnmower, which took, I think it was about 10 bucks. And it was almost $100 for my gas. I thought, <laughs> well, we'll have to cut something out this week, right? So this is happening, all the effects that are happening. And gasoline, believe it or not, it is expensive everywhere. And I know it's expensive in some more of our countries in Canada. But I know it's expensive in the U.S., but it is a little bit cheaper than Canada. And the one reason for that is taxes, road tax, carbon tax, federal excise tax, GST, HST, and in some cases, municipal transit tax. And when the dollar's low, we pay more for fuel. And our dollar is not great right now, so we're paying more for fuel. So a surging U.S. dollar versus a weaker loonie will put a premium on what Canadians will pay at the pumps. Inflation and taxes account for the biggest relative increases in the price of gasoline. Just imagine that. Inflation and taxes. And who sets that? The government. Where's the government come from? You. So let's go into our second break. And when we get back, we'll finish our discussion about gasoline that's affecting our bottom line and how our officials are, are um, standing up for us. So we will be right back. And you are listening to Financial Speaking with Karen Cook. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am Karen Cook, and today we are talking about how your elected officials affect your finances. So before we went to break, we were talking about gasoline and how inflation and taxes are the biggest increase in the price of gas. So inflation is the general rate which prices of goods and services are rising. So for those of you that were alive in the 1950s, uh, an item that cost a dollar probably cost about 10 bucks today. In the 1950s, 1950 specifically, gas was about 30 cents a gallon. And adjusting for inflation, a gallon of gas today should cost about 313, assuming taxes, supply, and demand stayed the same. The level of inflation will vary by country, which can influence the price of fuel. So we're getting a lot of that. I mean, the gas prices just jumped through the roof before summer, right? right? And of course, seasonal becomes an issue too with travel visitors, uh, people on vacation, so and might increase gas prices as well. So the tax on a, gas, a gallon of gas in 1950 was about 1.5% of the price. In January of 2017, 
The federal, state, and local tax on a gallon of gas was 19, 19.5%. That's an 18% increase of the total price. So that means taxes added about 48 cents to the price increase in a gallon of gas. Taxes are the largest price component. Taxes are what we pay, which are set, the government that we elect in. So it's important to be involved. The U.S. Congress in the United States sets federal taxes. Specifically, all tax bills must originate in the House of Representatives and then considered for approval by the Senate. So the United States Congress comes up with the rates and they get there because of us voting them in, right? Taxes based on income are imposed at the federal, state, and local levels in the U.S. The tax systems within each jurisdiction may define taxable income separately. Many states refer to some extent to the federal concepts for determining taxable income. In Canada, the gasoline lines of the 1970s were caused by government price controls because the market price of gasoline rose higher than the regulated price of gas. So the government can't control prices or wages, but they can cause undesired effects in a market by trying to regulate it. The Canadian government has constitutional authority to regulate gasoline prices only in an emergency. However, provinces and territories can regulate prices, and Quebec and the Atlantic provinces are doing so. Provinces regulate gasoline prices to reduce price volatility, high up or down price changes, and to protect small independent retailers. So it's a little bit of a concept depending if you're in Canada or United States. However, it still comes down to the government. Right? So we are still electing these people who are representing us. So you might still be going, why vote? Voting and democracy are very important in our nation because it provides us an opportunity to voice our opinion and to vote for what we believe in. It holds elected officials accountable for their behavior while in office, and it prevents a minority from dictating the policies of a majority. You can choose leaders and representatives who will do things that are important to you. Nobody can force you to vote. But many people do vote because voting lets us tell the government what we want it want you to do. We want them to do something for us. Local government has an enormous impact on your lives and on the services that have the most contact with us. So if you think about what government provides on a day-to-day basis, schools, transit, water supply, waste, sewage disposal, public health, and surveys of restaurants, the fire, the police, all these things are provided by local governments, and all most of these things impact us. So if these services are not adequate, you have to supplement out of your own pocket. So if you don't like the system, I know the school system is always an, an issue. And by the way, the trustees for school board are being voted for right now as well, separate and regular. So if you don't like your school system, what do you do with your children? You might put them in a private school. Right now, children are not learning cursive. So you cannot sign a legal document because you can't print your name. So are you sending your children to learn cursive? Are you teaching them? That's your time. That's money. What if they're not learning in school? They pass, but they don't learn. They use a calculator but can't add one and one. Are you going to private tutoring, any kind of special training, any kind of program? That's money. There's, and yes, there's a lot of homeschooling going on right now, right? And that's money, whether it's you doing it, 
I, I've done stuff like that to help tutor children, yes. And guess what? It costs money. It costs money for the parents. But if you can't do it yourself, and if you don't do it yourself, are you cutting out a job? Your bottom line. So if you don't like what's going on, or you do like what's going on, get out there and vote. The president, prime minister, and Congress, and their policies have the potential to affect the macro direction of the economy. And that affects people's lives in a huge way. Will they affect your personal finances? Most likely. Might not give you a huge tax fund, but social programs and improvements to neighborhoods and roads could increase your property value, decrease crime, or save you money fixing your car. I'll tell you, I was pretty ticked off. I, I drive back and forth. I'm in St. Thomas to London. So that's about a 40, 50 minute drive. And I have to go through construction all the friggin' time. It drives me nuts. Bump, 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 bump. I tell you, I spill coffee. I spill my dude. I, I look like a bum by the time I get to my job. So I'm going to have to start taking changes in clothes or wearing a bib while I'm driving. And I'll be darned. I was so ticked off. I pop, I put a leak in my tire. Cost me like 60 bucks to fix this flipping tire. But that's not it. It jumped around something in my vehicle. And a few hundred dollars later, it was fixed. I knew darn well when it happened know how it happened but what am I supposed to do sue the city and try and prove that so that came out of my pocket I get they're doing improvements but I tell you trying to get into London today I it doesn't matter where I go I'm running into construction so it's pretty ticked off about that but again they're fixing the roads but it did affect my bottom line so when the roads fixed it shouldn't affect my bottom line and more importantly we need to realize that federal spending is shaped by an intimate relationship with local governments and the people who influence them. That's you. Most of the government that matters in our lives and an awful lot of the federal spending and federal programs are happening because local communities want them. And that's why voting for your city or county council person is so important because those officials have the power to shape the federal tax dollars that ultimately come back to you. So the government stand on taxes also has a direct impact on your personal finance. When the government lowers income tax, you have more money to spend on goods and services. You have more money in your pocket. So the stuff you need, we buy. But maybe it's something you want. You might be able to afford that. This propels the industries that make those goods and services boosting the economy in the process. So when the income tax is too high, you have less money in your pocket, which reduces your buying power and slows down the economy. So in a nutshell, your personal finances are bound to be affected favorably when there are favorable tax laws and the government is spending money on the things that grow the economy and put more money into your pocket. So you might be thinking at this point, son of a gun, this is a lot of stuff. I get it now. I'm starting to get it. But I don't know. How do I get involved? What do I do? How do I learn? If you have internet and a computer, go online. Find a search engine. I like Google. Eh, it's just a habit, I guess. But you can go on. You can Google anything. My council, council in my city, council in my country. What's the federal government? What does state law do? What does my provincial government do? What does my territorial government do? How can I get involved? You know, I know it's a lot of work. I get it. So let me help you. I have some ways that you can be politically active. And some you can do from your couch. Yay, right? Anything I can do from my couch and my jammies I'm into. Or, you know, if you consider you like your naked room, you can do it there too. Nobody cares. Just please don't.
start chatting with people on Skype. Okay, so some ways to be politically active. Know who your local legislators and politicians are. That's just important to have the knowledge. Know how to get in touch with them and actually make them listen. If there's something you want to talk to them about, talk to them. And if their numbers are public, their addresses are public. Now, listen, I'm not saying show up at drunk three in the morning to discuss the cost of your beer. Be respectful. They're people with lives, too, and they may have other jobs, and that's fine. But you can pop a letter in their mailbox. You can call them. You don't have to talk to them right away. You can leave a message. You can email them. You can text them. There's, you can go see them at their, at their work. You can go to the council meetings. So there's a lot of way that you can get in touch with your local politicians. Another way, identify an issue you care about and pursue it. So if you are passionate about something, absolutely talk to your representative. And like I said, go to the meetings. Attend these open meetings. In person, you can make your actual voice heard in front of your local politicians who can actually do something about it. Your congressperson will usually have a schedule of the hall meetings on their website. You can check it out on your city's website as well. Attend city council meetings. Get up close. Get a good view. Find out what's important to your city's legislators. Get to know your local school boards. That's going on right now. People are voting for the school board trustees. Oh, vote for so-and-so because they're great. Vote for who you think is great, not who somebody else is great. And they think that. Do your research. If you're going to vote, vote informed. If you have kids in school, you'll want to know about what's going on with the school board. Okay? Or even if you have grandchildren, right? You want your grandchildren to have a good education. Join your PTA. Direct communication with the school. You can volunteer. Participate in other ways. Mobilize more people to support your cause. You alone are great and awesome, and boy, can you make a difference. Now imagine a dozen more of you. I just got a visual of that. We're going to be in trouble. Okay. Get a group together to do anything. Attend meetings. Join an association. Your cause becomes magnified. Join a voting league or political organization. Register to act on behalf of a political party. Join a campaign. Right? There's nothing wrong with helping out. If you believe in one way or the other, one person or the other, whatever they're representing, their party, get involved. Right? You find a local politician, they represent the change you see in your community, contact their office, figure out how you can get involved. Right? Maybe you'll have, you know, you might be having a job, you might think, oh gosh, whatever, but it's an important job. You might be stuffing envelopes. You might be uh, putting a stamp on an envelope. You might be mailing them. You might be manning phones. You might be handing out pamphlets, flyers, making calls. And some of you might think, oh, they're boring tasks. No, they're important tasks. They're so important because that's how we get to learn who our representatives are through contact. Another way, volunteer at the headquarters. Your city, state, county have part headquarters. They're just waiting for your time and energy. Just give it a Google. They want you to help. And it's not that hard to find. If you'd rather stay at home, you can most likely take part in a digital activism, sending new newsletters or text messages, organizing online campaigns. See? You can sit buck naked, do your thing. That's fine. Hey, pound the pavement. If you want to influence people, you're going to actually have to go out and, you know, meet the people that you want to influence. If you feel passionate 
about somebody, right? And you want to help them, what a great way to ensure that your candidate might get the votes they need to be our elected official. On that note, we're going to go to our next break. And when we come back, we're going to finish talking about ways that we can help politics, which will help affect our bottom line. So you are listening to Financially Speaking, and we will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back to Financially Speaking. I am your guest host, Karen Cook. And today we're discussing how your elected officials affect your finances. So before we went to break, we were talking about ways that we can become politically active. So we left off with pounding the pavement, right? Go out there, represent your, a person that you hope to get elected because you can represent them better than anybody else if you're passionate about that because that aligns with your core values, your beliefs, your view of where you want the world to go. Another way, volunteer to work a polling place. And you can get paid for this, by the way. I'm actually doing it myself next Monday uh, in another city. I have uh, signed up to help with the voting. So I'll be doing that for 12 hours. Yes, it's a paid position. Uh, and everybody that's doing it is going to be paid. Yeah, you can volunteer. But yeah, you can get paid to do this too. Now, I'm not at all involved in the London um, voting. I don't live in London. I have no business in London. I own no property in London. So... There's nothing there. I'm just there to help, to guide people, to welcome them, to do whatever I can to help their voting experience be good. Right? I don't care who they vote for. I'm glad to see them come out. And, of course, the biggest thing you can do is vote. Make sure you're registered. I just got my cards in the mail. And make sure you're registered for every election, not just the ones. It's not the big ones that are happening right now. It's the small ones. It's the local municipals and municipalities. And that's important because they're representing you. And eventually they become the big guys, don't they? So make sure we've got the right people going in the right way. Another way is you could subscribe to a paper or publication you believe in. If you're unhappy with journalism or media coverage, find a publication that represents good journalism to you. Right? Pay for it. Don't pay for it. Doesn't matter. Support it any way you can. Read up on American or Canadian history and civics. Be more informed. And share that knowledge. Have discussions with your friends and family. Engage in respectful debates when appropriate. And no, I'm not talking about Facebook. 
Facebook is a social tool, and tool it is. I mean, if you really want to have a respected conversation, Facebook, complaining about it on there is not the way to go. I see the jokes about the elected officials, and yes, sometimes I chuckle too, but nobody's going to take you seriously, right? Spread the word verbally, discussions, and there's nothing wrong with talking about politics in a positive way. doesn't matter if you agree with somebody. Discuss why you don't agree. What's the bottom line? Maybe they change your mind. Maybe you change theirs. Volunteer place that benefits your community. Ideally, you can align your volunteer work with your most important causes, which is VA hospitals, homeless shelters, a school. The the possibilities are endless. You can volunteer anywhere. Volunteer at a museum, state national park, cultural center, historical society. Volunteering is just about serving others. It's also about making sure that organizations that are important to you can continue to serve others. Mine are animal shelters. I love dogs. If a dog wasn't my pet, I I don't know, I might be cats. And I, I, I like cats too, don't get me wrong. I don't want any animal to be hurt or anything like that. So I like to donate to my animal shelters, my local animal shelters, cat and dog. And I do that. So you can do that too. Go to a museum. Go to a park. Go to a society. Support a nation in all forms. And you can donate. Let your wallet do the talking. At the very least, donate some charities, right? You can join as well to make sure your money's being well used. And get off the internet. Stop complaining on social media. It only gets you so far. Get out. Meet people. Use your hands. Use your time. So when you vote uninformed, it's not a good vote. Do you vote for somebody because someone told you to? Do you know the candidate? Or are you just going with the so-called flow? Because I'll tell you, I was at an event a week ago or so. And some guy come up to me and asked me who I was voting for. And I said, well, why do you ask? Well, I'm just curious. I don't know who to vote for. I said, well, you should Google these people. Go get their pamphlets. Read it up. But don't just read the pamphlet. Look for things. Grammar. Look for spelling. If you have a candidate who has a pamphlet that has spelling errors, 20 different fonts, I get fonts are fun. That's hard to read. That doesn't have it grammatically put together. And they don't pay attention to the small details. Does that make a difference in the big picture? You bet it does. An assembly line, build your car. Do you care that the car is pretty and shiny? Maybe. But I care that every single part works right. And I'll bet our space programs think the same way. One little screw can cause the death of everybody on board. And I believe that was called the Challenger. It happens. So the little things are important. Because voting for the person everyone's voting for doesn't make it the right person. It could be the embezzler, the wife beater, the self-proclaimed PTSD guy to get away with it, the chronic cheater, the liar, the blowhard, the disrespectful jerk. It could be the guy that likes to drive drunk. Is that, is that what's in line with your values and beliefs? Might be. I hope not. So you want to vote for somebody that is more like you, that can do a good job. That's aligning with your core values. So read up on them. Talk to coworkers, friends, neighbors. Find out who they are. And when you vote, vote for you. Doesn't matter who anybody else is voting for. Do your research. Learn about the candidates. Vote for a loin, for who <laughs> aligns with your values and your beliefs. Might be your loins you're voting with. But again, vote informed, okay? 
So there's nothing wrong with who you vote for, for whatever reason you decide to vote for, as long as it is educated. And sometimes, you know, we need a change. What did I read? I have to read it to you. Politicians are like diapers. Sometimes you need to change for obvious reasons. There is nothing wrong with keeping a politician if we like them, and there's nothing wrong with changing them if we don't. So I please encourage you to go out and vote. Make a difference. Make it make it your core values. All right? So on that note, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, and I, th- I hope that you've learned something today. I hope that I've been a little more informative than uh, not. And I hope that you kind of understand that these people that we vote in are representing us and they are the ones that are determining what we're paying for services in our area, taxes, education, right? So it's important that you go out and vote. And I'll tell you something. If you don't think any of them are any good, get in there. Throw your hat in the ring. If you want to make a difference, you want to be heard, you want to make a change, you want to have a voice, I, I did that. My council is running for another position. So I became acclaimed as the Ward 3 counselor in Central Elgin, and I'm so proud to be involved in this endeavor for the first time. So thank you for listening, and please join us next week on Financially Speaking with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, who is going to be discussing Christmas is coming. Is your bank account ready? So have a wonderful week. Stay safe. Get informed. Go vote. And I look forward to having a discussion with you in two weeks. So please join us next week with your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choice.